a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Consequence Podcast Network. The strangest festival season in the history of festival seasons comes to a close. So we recap Shaky Knees 2021 and ask the big question like, what have we learned? Plus the standout performance of festival season 2021, Aaron Frazier from Duran Jones and the Indications. Our guest today on the What Podcast, Barry Corder, Brad Steiner, Lord Taka. It starts right now. What podcast? It's uh, Barry Porter, Brad Steiner, Lord Taco. Uh, welcome in. Guys, I feel like it's been a minute. How's everyone been? Great. It's doing okay, great. Okay, good, good show. We'll yeah. talk to you okay. guys next yeah. week. We'll check in podcast. later. Hey, by the way, I'm really excited that um, Barry, apparently you've been shopping at the same place that Russ gets chairs for his bus. Where did that print for that shirt come from? Plaid, man. Plaid's the new thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, you, you guys didn't here. tell me. You didn't tell me where plaid today. Yeah, I mean, you, you look like Taco's chair. Look at it's the same print. Yeah. Well, like I said, always fashion forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You do always say that, Barry. It's a great point. I forgot that that's one of your go-to lines. You um, know, you're wearing a plaid shirt as well, don't you, Brad? I know that, but it's not the same print that what Taco's yeah, sitting on not, in his. It's not 1972 bus. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so a very, very busy day as we return to the uh, podcast uh, this week. Uh, excited. We'll talk a little bit of shaky knees. Um, I've got a topic that I want to dive into a little bit later on in the show that I have not even broached with you guys yet. So uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But uh, the big news today is that we have yet another artist for me to dork out on. 
I get yeah. to totally geek out yet again. I feel like this whole season, Barry, has just been one big geek fest for me. Yeah, are we gonna do? Uh, we're gonna do that as part of this same show. We're gonna make this two shows. No, I think it. Well, I mean, I think it. I think it's. I hope to do it this week. Okay, I, I don't want to tease people as well. All. Yeah, no, I'm excited too. And um, I am worried about you though. This why? is gonna you're because you're gonna be ugly. You're gonna be gross because <laughs> you did it already <laughs> without even talking to him. What do you mean? I mean, you've already gone on how much you love this guy. I do. I know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be great. licking the screen. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's he is great. He's he's not just great, but he's so dreamy. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, dreamy. See? Here we go. Our uh, guest today, Aaron Frazier from Duran Jones and the uh, Indications. If you've been paying attention to the other shows in the last couple of weeks, when I um, I mean, I I've been a fan of Duran Jones and the Indications for a minute, and when Aaron Frazier put out his solo album. That was produced by Dan Arbach. I, I really caught attention to him. And then I just sort of, I just fell hard and fast over that album. And then the live show at ACL was the best show I've seen literally all year. And um, to, to be able to like circle back and talk to him afterwards is really exciting. And uh, hopefully we'll have Duran Jones on in another show coming yeah. up in the, um, in the coming weeks. But, you know, I want to sort of start, if you don't mind, with... Uh, some of the things that have happened in the past couple of weeks that we've missed, one of which being Shaky Knees. So um, kind of surprised Shaky Knees uh, actually happened, but it's a C3 festival. So, you know, C3 has been able to navigate these waters a lot easier than everybody else. Taco, uh, you went, Barry, did you go? Did you? No, I did go? not. Mm. You know why I, I didn't went. Go? You know why I didn't go, Taco? Why didn't he go? It was further than 10 minutes from his house. <laughs> Partly true. <laughs> Partly, it, was, it actually was outside of that sixty-mile radius. He's got yeah, that I didn't. I didn't see Barry's couch there. Yeah, yeah. Manchester. That's Man his shirt. Yeah. That's yeah. his shirt. Manchester's <laughs> my limit. I uh, I really do not. I mean, Barry, what is the last vacation you've taken that didn't include like going to see a family member? Like, when's the Ooh, one time was, Barry has gone on vacation somewhere? I was going to say that's actually part of why I didn't go is because I went on vacation to see a family member. Uh, when is I couldn't tell you. Usually you go on vacation to get away from family members. <laughs> not in my house. Yeah, I mean, you go, you do take one trip a year to the beach. But other than that, where is like Barry's big trip to Paris or, you know, California or like where is where is that trip? When's the last time you did something like that? That is a great question. Uh, it's been 15 years. Paris, well, Paris would be great for Barry. He's so fashion yeah, forward. This would be good. Yeah. yeah, I could. Could I wear this over there? <laughs> yeah, you fit uh, right in. Yeah, you should. You should know too. They that think I'm you're wearing, a local. I'm. I'm. I've matched sweatpants with this ensemble too. So, oh, can we see them? The, no, no. Why not? Because it's terrible. Please, <laughs> I'm begging you. I'm begging no. you. This is the one and only time you're going to hear me say the words. I want to see your pants. <laughs> I don't think so. Show your pants. Show <laughs> your pants. No, Show. I'm not going to do it. But oh, anyway, that's a great question. No, I haven't been on a vacation in. Whew, that's a, That's embarrassing. I know. It's really tough to hear. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. You, you haven't. I don't even know the last time you went to Atlanta or Nashville. No, 
No, and it it has a lot to do with. I mean, just Barry, the kids baseball. moved out fifteen years ago. It this was a, the time you're supposed to like go do things. Well, there's a lot. There's there's reasons for it. One, my wife works a lot, and she doesn't like to travel. She won't get on an airplane, for example. Oh wait, I got it. I know the last. I know the last vacation you've had. It Where? was with me. Yeah, that's right, Louisville. We went to Louisville together. That was that was about it. Yeah. Man, that was taco. Imagine <laughs> if the life you led, the only vacation you had in 15 years was with me. That's uh, pitiful. Can't decide if that's a sad life or, yeah. or no a life. fulfilling life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's uh, the other thing. We have, yeah. a, we have a good time here. Okay. All right. The palatial Barry Quarter estate. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's. Let's go Compound. through uh, Shaking Knees. I feel like uh, Taco, you went to every show at Shaking Knees. I did went you, to a lot of shows. <laughs> did you literally see every band that was on the bill? No, but I mean, it. it, it I got pretty close. Uh, I got a list. Uh, let's see. I hit uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, like 20 shows. Wow. <laughs> That's got to be more than half. That is a pack. I mean, for a festival yeah. that's only got three days and... You know, they're, they're only running from like 3 to 10 p.m. anyway. Yeah. That yeah. is a big, big fast. You did a lot, but, uh, Taco. I give you a lot of credit on that. You won't see 20 bands at Bonnaroo. No. No. I was just no. thinking that's two years for you and me, Brad. Yeah, so <laughs> give, me, uh, give, me, give me some highlights. Who did you like the most? Uh, I think the biggest highlight for me was probably Garbage. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, really? it was fantastic. Yeah, or really? uh, gar- or garage, as Kelsey kept calling him. I was like, no, it's garbage, <laughs> not garage. Garage. <laughs> he must be twenty five. Yeah, you must have no idea who that. Um, so I bet what? she had no idea. Did she know any of the songs? I mean, this is a no, under- not one clue what really? who this was. Yeah. Wow. Was it your um, intention I, to see all twenty, or did it just work out that way? Did you all have just worked out that way. Um, there was really, you know, not a whole lot else to do there. You know, it's not like Bonnaroo where there's events and tents where and you're there You know, when you're there. So I was there. I can't wait for, for t-shirt number two from the what podcast. And literally just in the front of it, it says, you're there. You're there. You're there. So garbage, big highlight. That's surprising, you know, because they're, they're one of those uh, bands that, you, you know, I will say every now and then Shaking Knees does seem to pluck a, a band that's not on anyone else's radar. Um, and they did that. I mean, I don't know another festival that Garbage was even part of. And frankly, uh, I didn't even know Garbage was doing shows anymore. Well, they said this was like, I don't know, the first show they've done in the States in years. I mean, they really haven't been doing shows. So how they mm. got to Shaking Knees, I have no idea. Yeah, that's a strange one. And imagine the cost that that, you know, put the festival back. I, I'd love to know how much they paid for, uh, for garbage. That's a, that's an interesting one. Who else you like, uh, run the jewels, run the jewels. Of course. Were good. I think, uh, um, of course. It, it took me a couple of songs to get sold on this. Cause I've never really like explored run the jewels all that much, but like literally everybody's told me that you got to see the show. You got to see the show. So, you know, it finally clicked and I was like, okay. And I think being in Atlanta where killer Mike is from, I mean, he was just, yeah, that's a great, a great time. I mean, I, that's that's really the, the best place to see Run the Jewels. Yeah. I think it's in Atlanta. Honestly, I think that's the best place to see any band is their hometown. Uh, yes, I've seen exactly. Spoon two dozen times in my life. It's never been better than it was at ACL. 
You know, yeah. the Black Pumas show. I, how many times have I saw him in a year? Best show was at a, or was at uh, Austin. You know, I I think it it the hometown thing just always seems to work. The Alabama Shakes always mm-hmm. play better when she's in Nashville for some odd reason. Yeah, that My um, Morning Jacket show in Louisville. The one you just referred to. Is that where he's from? Went. Yeah, that's where they're from. The band, the whole band. By the way, from. side note, um, I've got an opportunity to see My Morning Jacket on Halloween when I'm passing up, Barry. Do you want to come down? I, I can me. get you in. You're killing me. <laughs> you want to, if you want to go to have a little vacation. That would be the that's, one. That's how you'll get them in. That I mean, would be I the one. Where are they playing? Uh, at the, um, I actually don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's I, don't, huge, I just don't know. It's not a huge, it's not the, the stadium. I don't, I, I really, no, it's not the stadium. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I know, I know uh, widespread panic is in town doing three nights this weekend too, somewhere. I just, I don't, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I love the run the jewels pick mainly because they're another one that I don't just sit around listening to. I, I go deep and heavy when the album comes out and I feel like that's all I listen to for about a week. And then I don't really ever pick it back up yeah, weirdly yeah. enough, mm-hmm. but yet that live show always hits. It always is so big. It was huge. And uh, last song you brought his kids out on stage. It was uh-huh. just, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty he, cool. Yeah, there's always there's always a little touch. Like Killer Mike's always got something up his sleeve with every uh, show that he has. And I, I mean, I got to this point where like um, I love Run the Jewels so much. I've got these lapel pins, and I had to stop wearing, especially like during like the really tough sp- stuff, like you know the George Floyd things. I didn't really want to walk around with a hand pointed like a gun on my lapel you know i i felt very awkward about that but it's really one of my favorite possessions this is my uh run the jewels lapel yeah. i love them that much all right uh who else other than uh, uh food fighters of course were flawless i mean they put on just fantastic show of course how long was do. it uh it was the longest one they started at 8 45 it went to 11 so that's all right i mean yeah tame that's very tame for them. Well, you know, I think they wanted to play more. They couldn't do an encore. They ran um, out of time, huh? Yeah, doesn't it have to well, shut they, down at they 11? played right yeah. up until eleven, and then yeah. they were like, "You got to get out." Like, I mean, the, the whole the whole park shuts down. You have to leave like immediately. So mm-hmm. there's no uh, sticking around waiting for an encore. You're you're getting pushed out. I don't find the facilities in the space of Shaking Knees to be the best. Um, it's just. It, it because it's cr- surrounded by a neighborhood, there's really nowhere to go. Um, right. You know, there's the, there's you're surrounded by houses. Those mm-hmm. houses, if you do have an Airbnb in the neighborhood, it's going to cost you three, four hundred dollars a night. It might as well be at Coachella. And then um, the other thing, too, is good luck getting an Uber out of there. There's just thousands and thousands of kids just sitting there waiting on the corner for exactly what you're looking for. What was your plan to get out of the venue? Surprisingly, we got an Uber quickly. Stop it. No way. Four minutes. Yeah. I don't know how. I didn't expect that. I thought we're going to be, you know, standing here for an hour waiting on. But no, it said, okay, we'll pick you up. Really? Um, How far away were you staying from the venue? About 45 minutes. Oh, so you couldn't bird it. No, no, okay. no, no. Um, getting there. Now we, we were able to ride the train. Uh, we stay with some friends, some family friends. Um, they've got a house like in Sandy Springs ish. Um, we, they dropped us off at the train station. We rode the train in, walked about 15 minutes and we're there. 
So really you getting in and out. How about easy. that? So yeah. you, you are mm-hmm. now the second person in my life, only the second person I've ever heard take that train. It was fantastic. Yeah. My brother yeah. always said the same thing. My brother yeah. always said that the secret of that city is that train and nobody takes it. Mm-hmm. Actually, the last empty. time I was there, I took the train. We took the train in from Alpharetta. Barry, that was yeah. a horse and buggy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was a while ago, but yeah, the train was great. Took Unfortunately, us, us downtown. I, I don't think the train runs too late at night. So by the time the festival was over, we had to Uber back and that was Ooh. kind of a long Uber. Yeah. Ooh. But, um, you know, All right. uh, yeah, train worked out and oh, that yeah. was part of the problem was like they kick you out at 11. Um, and what does everybody do right at the end of the last song? you got to go to the bathroom right before you leave. So like people are queuing up in these long lines and they're trying to close the bathrooms being like, you, you know, well, no, these are closed. And I mean, people are getting mad. You can't mess no. with people's bladders like that. You know, <laughs> people were like going behind the bath, the bathrooms yeah. and, and like peeing in the woods and like just, I, I mean, Taco. I thought a fight was going to break up. I live in New Orleans. Everything smells like piss. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't really see anything wrong with just peeing on the side of the road. <laughs> nice. Um, um, let me go through yeah. some of these others. What would you think of, uh, what'd you think of a new best friend, Isaac and uh, Modest Mouse? How was the Modest Mouse? Modest Mouse was great. That was a yeah. great show. Yeah. I feel like they have, they have hit some sort of of they're in the pocket of their career right now. I don't think they've ever sounded better. I oh, really yeah, that, don't. They sounded really great. Did I tell you guys my Isaac Brock story? Did I tell this the last show? Um, he has the for some odd reason, Isaac must have taken a liking to old Brad guy. We uh, we talked for like an hour and a half before the show. He tells me to come back after the show. We, we spent another hour after that talking. He calls me the next morning and he, he just calls. He's like, hey, Brad, I'm just calling. Say, hey, I'm like, hey, Isaac, what you doing? He's like, I'm in Orlando. I'm thinking about going to a magic store. I'm like, why? why are, OK, that sounds great. Why are you going to a magic store, Isaac? He said, well, there's this uh, card trick that. I really want to buy. I saw it last time I was here and you can control a card from across the room. And I've been thinking about that every day since. So <laughs> it's a rock and magic store. I fell in love. Uh, I <laughs> fell absolutely in love with it. I'm this is I what mean, goes through his mind every day. Yeah. I mean, if I got to call I Brad and tell him too. Yeah. <laughs> Please call me next time. Barry goes to a magic store. Yeah. And, and the other one that I'm interested in is the strokes. Uh, hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that stroke show. Yeah. Um, if you, I'm sure you've seen the strokes. I have not. Really? Well, this yeah. is my first time. Um, and first of all, they were 15 minutes late, which is very unusual because every show started on time. Yeah. That That's um, early for the strokes. Well, They're... that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, uh, Julian seemed wasted or out of his mind or whatever, you know, he just couldn't, wasn't coherent. Um, they'd start playing a song. He would like, stop, stop, stop. And he'd say something like, I don't remember the lyrics. Oh, I mean, really? It was so strange. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, at one point they all walked off. There was like 20 minutes left and they just walked off. We're like, what is going on? And then they come back really? and they pick up and they finish playing. Yeah. It was very strange. And lots of comments that I read, like on Reddit and Twitter, you know, people were pissed off about that show. And, but, but about half of the other people were like, no, that's just their thing. That's just what they do. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. But I mean, infighting is sort of their thing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that's fascinating. The, re- the reason I 
specify or tried to point out the Strokes is because they, um, from everything that I know, they've got a new album coming. And not only do they have a new album coming, but I think you could put every dollar you have on them being a Bonnaroo next year. Um, everything is setting up for them to to be doing most festivals next year. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if if they haven't figured it out for a shaking these show off cycle, I don't know how that's going to go. You know, if they they try to do a whole nother tour with, I know they've got new management. Um, so maybe there's maybe right. Maybe it's yeah. just it's just like an off time, and and they'll pull it together by the time a new cycle starts. But uh, I think that if if you if you were to put smart money down, I think the Strokes is um, almost a lock for Bonnaroo. There you go. Uh, and and the band themselves were playing extremely well. I mean, they were everybody was on point. It was just Julian, and and the band seemed like physically upset that he would just couldn't keep it together. Like they're all trying to play this show, and he's just well, whatever. So interesting. Very I mean, strange. I don't think that that take is unlike many takes that you hear about stroke shows. It really yeah, is it's it was, a coin flip. Yeah. I was curious if that's um, like par for the course, because some people were saying, oh, yeah, that's just that's just the way it goes. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't last long. <laughs> no, it does uh-huh. not. But but no. but Barry, it's lasted for almost 20 years. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, when did last night come out? Uh yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're like fifteen yeah. plus years yeah. on the Strokes yeah. here. I, I mean, I, I heard all the Strokes songs that I wanted to hear, expected mm-hmm. to hear. Nothing new, um, though. No, nothing really new. Um, the other one that I was kind of like meh on was uh, Alice Cooper. What? Really? I know. Huh. Well, I mean, not... <laughs> you weren't there with us at the Bonnaroo show, were you? No. Okay. No. Was when, that that was, was the, that? that was the year before you, wasn't it, Barry? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. I and thought I saw, I've seen him. I saw him here at the auditorium. It was terrific. It's campy and oh, yeah, silly. It's everything you want. It is, and 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 but it the was band is. Go ahead. The, I'm sorry. The band was was on point. It was a technically good show. I mean, he was doing everything he was supposed to, but it just felt like you know it's goofy. he's been doing this show for it's goofy, it's but he's goofy. like been doing this for what 30, 40 years. <clears throat> uh-huh. yeah, um, he comes yeah. out. There's no uh, there's no banter. There's no talking to the audience. There's no improvisation. He's just like, they're just doing the songs. And then uh-huh. that's it. It was just, yeah. The, the improv comes from the guitar players. Yeah. Nina. And, and he had some very good guitar players on there, including a female guitar player. Nina Strauss. Yeah. yeah she's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was all amazing, but it was just, I don't know. After hearing, you know, killer Mike and LP like back and forth in between songs, it was like, this is, I felt like this is more what you hear for, to see at a festival like so just as an aside and this will matter to no one that's listening other than me and taco but the person that you went with did Mm -hmm. she care about any of these things no okay (laughs) in fact did she stick around with you through this or did she go find some sort of dude to have attention to get attention from she got attention from a dude Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and we'll get to that. We'll talk about what happened Friday night too. But oh uh, God. Well let's hear it. I can't wait. Well, that Alice Cooper show, I don't think I saw anyone under 40. You know, I don't think Alice Cooper is on anyone's radar except like people our age. Barry. Oh, uh, there's no question. Now, the show that Wait we saw at the auditorium. Hang on a second. I, I take very big. I'm taking this. I feel like I've been attacked. Um, You're 40. I am not Barry. No, we're the same age. I am not I said, Barry's I, I said age. our age. Well, don't include Barry on that. I said our age and up. Okay. You know, now I'm offended. <laughs> 
but but the I audience that both I, of you. the audience that saw Alice at the auditorium here looked very much like uh, seventeen hundred comic book shop owners. There's yes. no question mm-hmm. about it. Exactly. With yeah. Vintage T-shirts. <laughs> it, it felt like I was at Exit One Eleven again. <laughs> comic but book store owners show. i have a random <laughs> i have a random question did you happen to see all them witches i did did you like them yes um that was one i definitely didn't want to miss and that was really my only conflict because all them witches was opposite phoebe bridgers and i really oh. want to see phoebe bridgers but all them witches was my bonnaroo 19 um thursday night was one of my Thursday night picks that I wanted to see. And that's the night that I eat the cookie. Gotcha. You know what gotcha. I'm talking about? Yeah. And yeah. you don't all do well Thursday night was got upset you. tummy. Wasn't yeah. You don't yeah. do well with sweets. I've always, too many, uh, uh, you gotta too many chocolate chips. Yeah. 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 Your it body just, can't you know, handle sugar. Ross. No, it, it really, it upset me, you know, so I had to lay down. Okay. Uh, for nine hours and, uh, yeah. Weird. Missed, it's missed sort of Thursday. like, Bonnaroo, your first year. Weird how you just took a day off. <laughs> I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so um, all them witches was, uh, I definitely had to see them. Uh, Living Color, Hives. Those were all great. Oh, the Hives. Um, how I forgot all about yeah. the Hives. I didn't yeah, even know yeah. they were still around. I didn't say for all of it. Um, yeah. No, no or Living Color, but those are both great shows. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I didn't tell you guys this story about uh, ACL, but one of the things I'm more disappointed in myself with was I left Phoebe Bridgers early, mainly because it just the crowd was they were just so young and the girls were just everywhere. And I felt like I was watching Billie Eilish again. And and I although I could see something good was happening and I knew it was I knew it sounded good. I knew there was a moment surrounding it i left because a the crowd just wasn't working for me and then b you know that first half an hour is really sleepy so i left Mm -hmm. to go see a band that i think i'm good for never seeing ever again um (laughs) i love 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 future islands but i don't need to see him fake rip off his own face anymore he runs the same bit every time he's pounding on his chest. He's punching himself in the face. He's ripping his invisible face off. You know, he's, he's collapsing to the ground. I, I, it's a great show if you've never seen it. He's, I love everything about them. But man, if you've seen it once, and I've seen it six times. And I don't know why I decided to leave Phoebe Bridgers to go <laughs> see that again. And I felt so bad about it. Um I should have told you before the shaking knees, I should have told you to, to not miss Phoebe Bridgers because if I'm not mistaken, there's somebody that she brought out at the end of that show at ACL that had everybody talking and I heard it from afar and I just dipped my head and walked away. Cause I just, I didn't want to deal with my own failures. Yeah. I, <laughs> I probably should have gone to that Phoebe Bridgers show too, but that was, yeah. that was a tough decision, but I, I went, I went all them witches. Yeah. And then you got yeah. ditched. You got all them ditches. Got all them ditches. <laughs> so you got ditched, huh? Who got ditched? Me? You? Yeah, and that the story. Oh, I thought no. there was a story about uh, the partner in crime. So Friday night, um, she meets up with one of her friends, um, and then after the show, he's like, "Hey, y'all, 
let's go to this bar downtown. Like uh, my friends own it. It's a great bar, great people. Like, let's go mm-hmm. check it out. And we're like, okay. So we leave the festival and we just start walking and walking and walking <laughs> for like an hour and a half. And we're just walking and, you know, we're passing up all these like bars and I'm like, that bar looks cool. Can we just go here? Like how much? Turns out you already been back this? to Sandy Springs. Yeah. And, uh, Pretty much. We sobered we up and everything. For, yeah. I mean, I was completely sober by the time we, you know, finished walking, walked we stopped. Um, and, you know, we're, we're like, what, how much further is this? And he's like, I think it's just like another block up ahead. And I pull it up and I'm like, we're getting an Uber because it still says we're like 40 minutes away. Oh, my God. It was terrible. I could not. I could barely walk the next day from like just constant walking. Mm-hmm. I literally had shaky knees. From all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's hanging on to that for days. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the bar was pretty good. I got a drink. We all got drinks. Um, I was, was it worth walking, you know, two hours? Probably not. Was it a PBR? Definitely not. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, a, that's strong. So there you another, go. another strike against them. Yeah. It was, now this was an upscale bar. It was pretty fancy. This is big. This is the man yeah. walked all the way and didn't even get a PBR. Didn't even get his PBR. <sighs> I know. Yeah. Stunning. All right. Um, well, uh, anything else of a uh, note for uh, Shaky Knees? I think that's about it. Oh, they were checking uh, vaccine cards uh, and your ID, um, but they weren't doing testing on site, which I thought was weird. So you want to go back? Do I want to go back to Shaky Knees? Yeah. I don't know. It's, Barry, it's it, exhausting. It's one of those, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, festivals that's so lineup dependent. Yeah, you know? that was my next question. If it depend, yeah. if I was waiting for him to say that, yeah. I, I was there strictly for the lineup, not the experience. Because honestly... It's so exhausting because every single day you have to figure out how you're getting from where you're staying to the venue and then get mm-hmm. home. And it's not like Bonnaroo where you just, you know, party until you get tired and then walk to camp and yeah. pass out. You know, the only like you way to- the only way I'm willing to do that festival again, one is if I'm going up and down and only go for a day and I stay in Chattanooga or I get a house in the neighborhood. Um, and sure. you can just yeah. walk from the neighborhood. But even then, frankly, you know, that's no good either because. Don't you want to go out? Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's just in such a weird part of town where nothing else is around it. I mean, there's a there's a mellow mushroom you can go to. Uh, and that's about <laughs> it. That's about yeah. it. So um, I've got uh, I've got other festival items, some news some festival news to share uh, with us uh, here shortly after Aaron uh, Frazier. Which, by the way, somebody catch me if I call him Aaron Jones. I have accidentally <laughs> called him Aaron Jones, the running back for the Green Bay Packers, maybe two dozen times. I don't know why I keep doing that. But Aaron Frazier, very excited about this. Next on the What Podcast. How are you, stranger? Doing well. Doing well. I uh, I hate to be this guy, but ever since ACL, 
Um, I have done nothing but wax poetic to these two uh, about Aaron Frazier, Aaron Frazier, uh, Aaron uh, Frazier. Shoot, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm jealous of the hair. I'm jealous of the, the, uh, the fashion. I'm jealous of the smooth. He's the smoothest cat in the world, Barry Corder. I'm glad I got on this call. Now I feel like I, this, is, this is great. Thank well, you so much. Hang, hang on to that, Aaron, because it could get weird because he's not kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I told you this after the show. I mean, it, what was so remarkable about what you did at, at ACL was that you just hadn't done it before. Mm. You know, it was your first ever solo fest, festival performance, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, which is intense, you know, uh, it's it's asking a lot of my bandmates to learn all this stuff and to have it together to do it under pressure of you know not just a live show but a festival live show which you know if anybody out there has been to or played a festival you know changeovers are very very fast you're on a schedule the schedule doesn't stop for you it doesn't slow down just because you're like it's ready or not your set is like starting so they killed it i, I was happy to be there man it was fun I, uh, I ran into Steve afterwards, um, and it felt like he had lost about 30 pounds. Uh, because, it, Barry, if you know, like, so Duran Jones has got, you know, the band. And then I think, Aaron, you used not just the bass player, but also the keyboardist, uh, Steve. And maybe even guitars, too, from Duran Jones. Different, different guitar player. Okay. They both have long hair, but. Uh... Yeah. And so, and so Steve, the, the keyboardist, he's just one of these guys that uh, every time you know, they play, all you hear from the crowd is, Steve! It's really funny. Yeah. It's become like a running bit with uh, with these guys. And then so um, I talked to him afterwards and I was like, you've played, it feels like 15 shows this weekend. He's like, I know, it was uh, it was a lot. So I, ca I can't imagine like the amount of just bandwidth that that kind of stuff takes out of you. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a balance and it's one I'm excited to like, you know, continued to to figure out but um just to have been given that space by my bandmates you know not just uh mike and steve you know who who are are giving their time and their energy to to this stuff as well but also to to blake and duran to trust me and us to to take that space and and dedicate that energy to, to my own thing and then still be able to go back to to the band um it's a strong collective and uh yeah it's it's cool well, let, let's jump in the in the spirit of that because i know we just started but it's such a good question and a good spot because brad really did go on and on when we talked a couple weeks ago about how, how impressed he was with this show and how it happened and you going from one to the other and you just said it was the first time i mean what was that like you talked about it a little bit already but i mean that's just not something you wake up and it just happens right i mean it's a pretty intense thing and, and to be in that environment and all of that so yeah yeah absolutely i mean um there's stress obviously um but it was more emotional you know than i than i thought it would be um to play these songs that uh you know I, every song i write is is coming from a from a real place um but the songs on the solo record are, are like I think probably the most vulnerable I have uh, I have gotten as a writer. It's a little closer to the bone, you know. Yeah. And so, um, and it's your name on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so to perform those songs, um, and then to not just see people 
who are coming out to like you know i guess like listeners fans whatever you want to call them like but also uh you know my lady was was in the crowd and then also at the back of the crowd were blake and duran were like dancing dancing the the butts off and um so it it was i just felt very held and supported by the community in that moment and um yeah, it was special. Yeah, I mean, you you know it was a big show because Adrian from Black Pumas told me. <laughs> I walked up. I said, uh, wow, you're coming here. on." A, he's like, I only came to see Aaron. <laughs> I only came all the way down here to see Aaron. That's That says something, you know, to get yeah, the guy out of his own house. I'm I'm uh I'm really happy for Adrian and what he's accomplished you know I mean even before the Black Pumas but now with the Black Pumas like yeah. opening up Instagram and seeing him in a stadium playing with Rolling Stones it's just like nuts. that's that's my guy man yeah that's awesome. that's pretty nuts I want to start sort of from the beginning um mainly because uh you know Duran Jones and the Indications have always been one of those bands that you know was on my radar mainly because if you if you do any sort of this new soul stuff you know, you, you find the Charles Bradleys, you find the Lee Fields, you, the Sharon Jones who started it all. You, you eventually get to Duran Jones. And, you know, it, it kept poking at me and poking at me and poking at me until I finally just started saying, OK, let's let's see what this is. I had no idea when I picked you guys up in 2018, 2019, that it was like a 10 year old thing already. I mean, or maybe not even 10 at that point, but you guys have been together and doing this for a while. Um, yeah. And it all started from, ironically enough, I mean, I don't know if, if Barry knows this, but Duran's from New Orleans. I even, I talked to him about that at ACL. He was born in New Orleans and grew up outside of Baton Rouge. Just explain the, how the paths crossed and how this whole thing came together. Yeah, so um, let's see. Uh, Blake Ryan, the guitar player, and I met uh, first day of college. Um, we had the same major, which is audio engineering. It's a very small program. It's only 15 kids per year. Um, so, you know, you kind of become fast friends. Uh, and we were, you know, we bonded over, um, the first thing we ever bonded over was hip hop. Like sample based hip hop was like donuts, really. Jay Dilla's donuts. Um, and that's a lot of how, like, I found soul music for myself was filtered through samples. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of Syl Johnson, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of funky drummer, a lot of you know, uh, I don't know, Curtis mm -hmm. Mayfield and mm -hmm. Gil Hair and all that. But um, mm -hmm. Duran came to Bloomington from Hillaryville, Louisiana. Um, after college, he went to Eastern. I think it's Eastern Louisiana. Um, and he went, he came to Indiana University to study classical saxophone, uh, to get a graduate degree. Um, so he wasn't, you know, even there to pursue soul music. Um, but he was helping out as a horn coach, uh, for this student soul music ensemble called this IU Soul Review. Wow. Um, which is a really interesting program. There's, there are, I, don't think there's many like it in the country where students learn about soul music and then perform it. It's like, a, you know, it's a performance class. This is um, all at Indiana university. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really not the place where I thought it was be the hub of soul music. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah the heart of the soul Jack is not Jackson blooming. five, Jackson five. Hold uh, up. Jackson five. That's, that's, Gary. that's, Gary, <laughs> that's true. It's Gary. It's Gary. That's, that's a very fair distinction, <laughs> but, um, 
it's a great it has a great history as, as a as a um, as an ensemble as a class so anyway so he was the horn coach and blake was um running sound because he was in the audio program you have to run sound for various ensembles on campus um so by that time i guess we were juniors in college duran was a little bit older um blake and i had started a rock and roll band uh, with two other of our classmates and so um in that soul ensemble they were a little short on male singers that year and so they pulled duran because they knew he had a little bit of like singing experience um and blake heard him sing and was like yo you should come meet my friend aaron you know we we've been making rock and roll together but over time we'd been talking about wanting to make stuff you know more hip-hop soul influence stuff like that and in this band currently you're playing drums correct yeah i was playing drums and singing also um but i was singing with my full chest voice yeah okay um and that's basically how it started we we started hanging out on sundays we called them soul sundays and we would get together uh in my apartment and um well actually there's a house because in the midwest now i'm here in brooklyn in an apartment but um we would spin 45s and like talk about it. You know, it was almost like a, like a reading group, or like a yeah, like a book club. Group. You know, where you, you get together and you're just like, you, you play it, you drop the needle, you listen. And you're just yeah. like, yeah, what, what I loved about that was how messed up the bass sounds. It's like way too loud and out of tune. And I love that, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, uh, the drums are super fat or I love how the vocal harmonies are. And, and then we just like, go down in the basement and mess around and jam. And that was, that was how Duran Jones and the indications started. It was never supposed to grow into a whole career. We really were just hanging out. Barry, do you, these are, these are people that I want to be best friends with because well, this is legitimately the, the kind of conversations that I have with myself every Sunday. I just sit there and I just pick out soul records and I don't know anybody else that can nerd out with me about these things. Well, I, I love this, that whole recap because you mentioned some of the things I I was thinking about when I was listening to the music today and reading and everything Gil Scott Heron Curtis Mayfield but and I mean this with all respect at one point I thought this sounds like a group of people that are really really good in like band or you know music school (laughs) I mean And, and then have taken it to this next level and so I mean that's just you know, um, we were all part of the music school, but it's interesting, like, you know, being in an audio major, not a performance major, we were like nerds in a different way. Like, I um, meant it. Yeah, I'm always no, I, best I, got, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but it's, it was sort of like, you know, what I feel like I got out of that um, studying audio was how to put words to what I'm hearing. Because like, you know, language influences like thought in this really crazy way where like, if you're unfamiliar with the term compression, Mm -hmm. you might not, you might have trouble perceiving it. It can just be this, this invisible thing. And then once you kind of understand what it is, have a word for it, for the, the, the song kind of blinking, you know, whatever, then not only can you describe it to somebody, but you can chase after it yourself in, in a songwriting context. Oh, that is that is exactly, you just described something that I fight with my engineer here at the radio station about all the time because I have no idea what I'm saying. 
But I do know what I'm hearing, and I don't know how to transcribe it to another person, especially somebody knows who they're t- what they're talking about. I one time went to this really fancy restaurant in Chicago, uh, one of my favorite restaurants in the world. And the sommelier walks out, and he's we're talking about orange wines, and you know, give me the. So he brings over the orange wine. He asked me what I like. What did I like it? And I said, you know, I just wish it was more punchy. And this guy's eyes bugged out of his head. And he said, punchy? <laughs> like, he was so offended by this word that I had used. But in, in my world, I wanted it just to be boozier. But in okay, his right. world, he thought I wanted Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah. Oh, punchy. Like, oh, my God, that's punchy. Funny. Yeah. You, you know, but the, the beautiful thing about music is like, you know, and, and Blake and I, not, neither of us are classically trained. Duran's, you know, classically trained. But it, it's so much like. It's a, the only rule is it has to work, right? It doesn't matter if like the microphone is on the ground, literally on the ground, not even a mic, not even on a mic stand, or the vocals are way blown out. If it sounds good, if it moves you, right. mm-hmm. then that's right. And in the same way, I think like you know when you're chasing after a sound, um, uh, the our new record with the indications, um, is mixed by Ben Kane, a uh, great engineer here in Brooklyn who. Uh, has worked with uh, D'Angelo. He works with, you know, uh, D'Angelo, Emily King, those kinds of people. And um, he, he, he told us a story about D'Angelo describing like, hey, I want the vocals to hit like ink when you drop ink into water. And it's just sort of like, okay, all right, let's chase that. Let's try to make it feel like something rather than getting too eggheady with it. So yeah. I like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to skip over some of the meat on the bone, but I mean, I got to imagine knowing at least the small time that I spent with Dan Arbach, he's sort of like that too. He's totally like that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so when, when you're in there now, I, I'm fast forwarding a little bit past you finding the voice that you, you share with us today, but um, and we can come back to that. But when you get into a room with Dan, um, do you have a pretty good, solid idea as to what you want to do? Or is Dan sort of like taking over and 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 coloring this thing for you? It was a really collaborative process. You know, I, I was I didn't know what to expect, you know, because Dan is a rock star, like a global rock star. Like they don't make them like that anymore, you know, Um and I don't think you get to that point without a having a very clear vision and b being able to advocate strongly for that vision. So like, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't want to get steamrolled. I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that at all, you know? And I think part of the reason when we first uh, started talking, um, you know, he called me directly, which is is not usually how these things work. Normally it's like, through this person goes to the label goes to management goes to management goes to label whatever it's like so roundabout um but he just called me on the phone you know from a you know ohio number and um but did he did he see you the solo show did he see you no he he, he is it any wonder that he found yes and then he also heard my gospel record that i did in 2017 the flying stars of brooklyn Again, that, you know, you talk about lo-fi, the only rule it has to work is like my guitar amp was on my toilet in for that recording. And it's been, you know, streamed millions and millions of times. That's but, hysterical. But when, when when Dan and I first started talking, the, the conversation quickly became like YouTube link, YouTube link, YouTube link, YouTube link. In this musical conversation of just like, okay, here's what I'm digging on. Oh, that reminds me of that. That reminds me of that because... 
all every record is in conversation with like five other records yeah and so when you're tapped into it and you and you start to kind of you can see the matrix and you're like oh they're all connected they're like yeah there are genres but like also in some ways they are really just totally arbitrary like boundaries did that that had to help with your uh, i was gonna ask about your internal conversation because <laughs> like you said you don't want to get steamrolled yeah. um and this is always fascinates me this whole producer artist you know how much does who contribute what and who lets who leads and who pulls and who pushes and yeah. and all that kind of stuff i i made you know i made him a playlist that maybe I should share one day, but it was it was called Dan and Aaron make a record together, maybe because we hadn't, uh, you know, we hadn't signed anything. Um, so I sent it to him and I was like, these are all in the same way that I would get together with Blake and Duran. It's like that's what helped create a shared vision to where you can see the same house before it's done being built, you know, is is common reference points, common you know recordings that we can point to and that way also going into it i mean i'm trying to learn you know dan's one of the one of the best like not just alive he's just like one of the best you know and um so i what i would what i was hoping for and what happened was just like let's create this common framework of recordings we both love and then within this if there's a situation where it's like oh i think you should do it like this then i'm like okay cool uh, let me trust this let me learn let me just see where this road takes me and then um in moments where I was like man this horn melody it's got it's like this is how I'm hearing it like this it's like that's what's up chase it you know I mean I think yeah. that there's something like I can't talk about Dan Arbach uh, look I think that he's a great rock star but he's an even better producer and you know his shop there I mean Alan is incredible over there I have a yeah. feeling though I have a feeling though you talked to Dan Arbach and he found your gospel album Right about right about when he started making that uh, CeeLo album, did he play that for you? So Dan has these. Dan has projects that he just like they just there's hundreds of them that he just has sitting around. He's like he finds these guys like Aaron, and you know he just dies to work with them. He did a CeeLo project that is nothing but Teddy Pendergrass, like. <laughs> soul slash gospel music that is incredible absolutely incredible and no one will ever hear it <laughs> I, I, did, I, I didn't i wasn't aware that that it got shelved but um i did hear a couple cuts and and it's it is beautiful um, it's beautiful it's know, beautiful and i have a feeling like that it, there is somewhere around there i have a feeling it's the same timeline yeah i i it, it very well could be i mean you know one of the things that one of the things that Dan really encouraged me to do was to kind of um, use this as an opportunity to think outside of any box that not like that, like people have put me in, but like that I may have put myself in, you know, as an artist to be like, Oh, well, this is what people know me for. So this is what it has to be. So that means that I am this. It's like for, for him, I think, especially it, it makes sense. Like, you know, I mean, the black keys were going in since like what like 2000 on on like this this one lane but mm -hmm. both dan and pat i know have they contain multitudes like any artist does you know like any person does and so um easy i think has become a place for him to explore all those sides of his artistic self and then to also encourage artists you know like me to to do the same 
Yeah. How how yeah. different is the the finished product than what you originally thought uh maybe going in? Hmm. Interesting. Um that's interesting. So much of the record was written in the room. Um, you know, with with me and Diana and in the kitchen at, at Easy Eye, you know, and and then you know, one other person usually. But but so my favorite times were just us. But um by the way, the same at that same table he wrote the Lana Del Rey record. By the way. I did I didn't know he did it that, there. That's cool. That, that kitchen has got some power to it. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's vibey. I mean, and it, it actually makes sense um to me when I walked in there and and got to know Dan a little bit more and learned that uh his his dad was an antique stealer. Still is. And no so to kidding. grow to grow up around old weird stuff, like to grow up around vibey stuff all the time and, and somebody older than you, you know, a person in your life to kind of give you that that magic eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you walk in there and every surface has vibe. Every surface has, you know, something, some ephemera from some Ohio church or a kick drum from a, you know, I don't know, fire department in the 1800s or something. <laughs> just like weird, just weird. Bobby Wood's glass eyes on the mixer. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's such a great point because it, you can't tell, you can't, you can't have taste without seeing taste, I think, right? So you don't know what's quality if you don't surround yourself with quality. Yeah. Um, is a really strong point. Okay, so the 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 thing that we missed was the day that you sort of came out of your shell and figured out you. Um, you talked earlier about your 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 chest voice, which you still use to this day. I mean, you played with it back and forth in some of your in some of the songs in the record. Uh, but the the moment where you found that signature sound, that unique, unbelievable, just, I mean, cuts glass uh, kind of sound. Where did, where did that come from? How'd you find it? Oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) You know, talking about being a nerd, I I just, I don't love large crowds. I mean, I love playing to them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, you know, I'll play to thousands of people and it's super fun, but I don't love being in large crowds. I don't love (laughs) like super loud music or whatever um anyway so in 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 college at a certain point after doing the bar thing for a while I started just like on Friday nights for a stretch of time I'd like stay in and try to write songs in different genres and different styles just because I you know I've, I've always loved lots of different kinds of music so um yeah one night I wrote like a really simple soul song um called is it any wonder and I sang it in my chest voice and I like listened back to it and was just like, yeah, this is not great. I just wasn't, it just didn't feel, oh, it just didn't feel authentic to me. For some reason, it was just off the mark. Uh, so I was like, but you know, Duran could do a great job with this because he could sing anything and make it sound good. So um, I brought it to Blake, uh, our guitar player, and um He's like, cool, let, let's let's recut this. Um, so we recut the instrumental. And then I was recording scratch vocals for Duran to replace. Um, and we were laying, I was sitting on the couch feeling, you know, especially relaxed in that moment. Um, and because I was kind of laying back, I wasn't projecting from my diaphragm and my chest. I was coming from my head voice. Um and that's what came out, actually. The, the, the vocals on our first record, On Isn't Any Wonder, 
are the scratch vocals. Wow. We didn't replace them. It's like, that's how we left it. Because we listened back, drenched in reverb and delay, and we were like, yeah. oh, this is this is something. Uh-huh. And, and for the first time in my life, I was able to hear myself back and not get that nails on the chalkboard cognitive dissonance that happens when you hear recording yourself and you're just like mm-hmm. yo i can't i can't you know and um it just sounded like me for the first time i was like yeah no i think that's what i sound like you know do you think there was a tad bit of and i hate to put words in your mouth but is there a tad bit of insecurity in the chest voice i i think i think i mean that there's there's insecurity when you put something out into the world it's such a vulnerable place that you're always going to feel a certain level of insecurity in 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 whatever style and however proficient you are um but i think it's it's maybe not as much the insecure insecurity i think it's because it's falsetto it's false right it's it's not your speaking voice Mm. so you have a little bit of mental remove from it so even if everybody heard my chest voice and they're like, cool, that sounds, that sounds awesome. It's still, you're like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm just like speaking in, in a melody. I don't know. It just kind of sounds like it. But when is, there's that remove. Is, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is, is it almost like singing in character? Maybe so. Now it doesn't feel like it, but maybe right. there was a little bit of remove that helped me access a different part of, of myself creatively. I think in the same way that, um, you know, people write with pseudonyms. Sometimes, I was just about to say, I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of ironic that that's, you know, sort of a safety valve. I hate to use the term safety valve, but but, but while the album's called Introducing Aaron Frazier, you know, it could have been Fraz. You know, you could have come up with some sort of, you know, thing, but you were you were incredibly vulnerable in this entire process, and and I actually think the falsetto thing is is not necessarily a a, a cover. I feel like it's even more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's it's even deeper inside of you than than you know just a what you would describe as a chest voice. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in 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 some ways, I think that's right. Like, uh, you know, some of the most vulnerable, tender. Um, performances have come from falsetto voices you know mm-hmm. you know we talked about Curtis Mayfield and Smokey Robinson um but also a more contemporary example not in soul music at all is like the first Bon Iver record uh oh you know what somebody might call me out on that I'm not sure it's the first one but for well, Emma, for, for Emma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure, I understand I'll call saying. it the yeah. breakout I think maybe there's some you know I know he was doing stuff before that but um in that moment you can tell like damn this guy is going through it yeah. You know, and he's, can he's, just... he's holed up. He's holed up in a cabin, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, I hear you. I think you're exactly right. And and there's there's some fear there, um, yeah. which is, you know, I that's why I pointed out the vulnerability part. I um, so you you find this voice, you find um, the ability to 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 write and you, you get in touch with Dan and all while you're still with Duran Jones. All right. My final thing here and and i'll and i'll stop nerding out with you here in a second but my final thing is when you guys when durand and you are playing back and forth if you've never seen the show there it's a really brilliant mix of going back and forth right and durand is from all accounts that i have both witnessed and read about you guys this is truly a a partnership in a way that goes back and forth and and 
I just got to imagine you guys are just scratching the surface with that kind of stuff. I think with you is a perfect blend of where I see or at least hear Duran Jones and indications go. Am I wrong about that? No, I, I, I feel that on, on with you, it does feel like um, we've traded off verses, but I love like um, in hip hop, you know, there are great duos, you know, um, uh, Jadakiss and Styles P or Fat Joe and Big Pun, or you listen to uh, actually <clears throat> probably like the gold standard is Brooklyn's Finest, Jay-Z and Biggie. I mean, the track Brooklyn's Finest, Jay-Z and Biggie Smalls off Reasonable Doubt. They're like finishing each other's lines. They're, they're going back and forth. It's thrilling to listen yeah. to still after all these years. I, 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 I just got like goosebumps just thinking about it because it's like, it's amazing. And so I, I'm excited to, um, yeah, to, con- to continue to explore that. And, and to your first point, uh, Durand is such a generous uh, front person in, in that way because you know look when 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 isn't any wonder as a song like you know popped off and became um, you know one of one of the fan favorites on, on that record it would have made a lot of sense if Durand was like that's really cool like chase that but like I'm the singer here <laughs> you know yeah. but it was I'll never take it, it was, from here kid yeah, yeah. but it was, it was never yeah. like that and my name's um, on the door <laughs> exactly <laughs> but um you know he he's he's created so much space for me um in this in, in this band and and um you know in, in this career that um you know my goal is is to find the places where I can also create that same space for, for him well, that's my my next question, and not to put you on the spot in that in the in that line, but what do you want to do now that you've got this solo album? Um, what is it a separate, completely separate thing? Do you, where do you see it going? You're, I mean, if, if I I want to answer it for him, I mean, I think I think Aaron Fraser turns into Jack Antonoff. Um, I see I see Jack I, I see Aaron Fraser producing a Taylor Swift one day. No, I think I think I think that what everything that you're describing from the moment that you walked into Indiana University to the 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 lessons that you learned through Duran and and with Dan, I it feels like there is a producing megastar that's uh, you know scratching the surface here. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I, I, I that is a goal of mine is to is to work with other artists and to write with other artists. I'm headed out to LA actually next Monday till the end of the year to post up and just like, just like write, you know, with whoever's around, whoever wants to write, let's go, you know? And um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the way I see this band, um, I like to think about it like the Marvel cinematic universe, like the Avengers. Cause it's like, you know, you have these main storylines and then you can it's so fun as a fan because you get to pick your favorite and then you follow them off into their little side stories <laughs> you know or epic side stories and they yeah. have their own hosts of collaborators and then there are these crossover moments and then you go back to the main storyline you know i told i told blake you know our next record should just be called uh duran jones and the indications colon infinity war uh <laughs> just go full of vengeance <laughs> Um, no, I mean that, that's how, that's that how I, I that's, sense. That, that's my hope for this band is is to to blossom into the collective that I think it has always been, um, and so to support everybody in exploring um, exploring their own their own creative side because then it's also easier to come back to a collaboration and the stakes are a little lower. 
because you're not like, oh, this is my one place to get my song exactly the way I want it. And if it doesn't turn out that way or it's not on the record, oh, it's a calamity. You know, what I mean? it's not like that. It's like I, ha- I have a valve. I have an outlet for stuff that might not right. be right that I still stand behind. That's a strong point. Um, and the, the other the, the thing, too, that I think, you know, you you see a band like Duran Jones, the indications, and you would automatically think, oh, you know, there might be a riff here. But man, Barry, let me tell you, uh, I, I, I was lucky enough to be standing next to Aaron when he came off the stage and Duran walked up to because I walked with Duran to the backstage area and Duran walked up to him and the the love the hug and the woo <laughs> that he let out for his guy was like, I, I got chills. Yeah. I got chills about it. Like, because that is a major, major uh, deal. And it just, it just goes to show you, you know, how quality human beings that, that you have in front of you. I love the superhero analogy. I hadn't really ever thought of it that way. Cause you know, it, you know, if, if one of those guys saves the universe, the other ones, they aren't jealous. You know, they're not, yeah. they're not, pout, they're not pouting about it. That's so true, man. That's so true. You don't see them pouting because, you know, the Hulk saved the universe. <laughs> right. Wolverine's really pissed though. Sometimes yeah. I think that he's uh guy gets too much uh, attention. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you catch some, you know, some of us, you know, before coffee or early in the morning, you get the Wolverine, but generally oh. you get, uh, you know, yeah, everybody. I just the imagine fight. Captain America therapy. I yeah. just don't appreciate how. Yeah, he, yeah, the Hulk got more lines than I did. <laughs> exactly. Aaron, I, I not only uh, can I not wait to have Durand on the show now, um, but I, I can't wait to see you again. Um, I'm, I maybe I'll run into you in LA. I'll be there December fourteenth. So um, I I can't wait for another Aaron Fraser show. I can't wait for another Durand Jones show. It got in my blood the same way, Barry. The first time I saw Alabama Shakes, the very first time I saw him at Bonnaroo. That was when it got in my blood, and I just I I couldn't stop after that. I think that you guys are incredible. I think that your Marvel uh, analogy is spot on. The the band's great. Your solo stuff's great, and uh, I just I can't I can't say enough about you guys. I, I think you're incredible. Thank you so much. It's 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 really fun to to see you again. It's uh, fun to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. We'll see Aaron, you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Aaron, for all your time, all right. buddy. Thank you. Frazier on the What Podcast, Barry Corder, Lord Taco, Brad Steiner. Uh, there was uh, some more, um, we'll talk about Aaron Frazier here in a second, but there was some more festival news that I wanted to get to. I don't know if you guys saw the the bigger breaking news that happened, I think just yesterday, but I mean, I want to get this right because it's massive. So let me read you the headline that I saw. This is nuts, guys. One of the largest mariachi music festivals in the U.S. returning to San Antonio. The Mariachi Vargas Extravaganza taking place at Lila Cockrell Theater in December. Who's going with me? Oh, man, I can't wait. Come on, a mariachi festival. I know. I I couldn't get tickets. It was sold out. Okay. (laughs) Barry? (laughs) 
You stick with me, buddy. I'll get you some tickets to this one. I need the VI for the meet and greets, sound check, party access. It's all with you, buddy. I promise. I want one of them hats. Yeah. Well, the real news was that if you noticed, uh, Coachella is starting to um, dip a toe into the tease pool. Um, It's just a little crumb here and there. Every few, seems like days now, Coachella is wetting our palate. I fully anticipate them announcing tickets going on sale. Uh, It feels like any day now. And then, of course, if I'm not mistaken, weren't we getting lineups from them in years past around Thanksgiving for Black Friday? Am I I wrong about that? Uh, It was close. It was close because there were a lot of festivals trying to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Buy your, you know, stocking stuffer ticket type of things. Black Friday, a few of those, a lot of stocking stuffers for sure. Which, uh, which for festivals, by the way, Bonnaroo too. Bonnaroo yeah. always oh, yeah. announced on sale before. Early bird, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me um, ask you, let me ask you both along those lines. I was thinking about it and maybe I'm wrong. The timing is still not right, but it just seemed like we've spent what? 18 months talking about what might happen, what could happen, what is happening. It, have you guys spent any time sort of analyzing what did happen? Does it does now feel like we can look back and put a put a ribbon on festival seasons 2020 and 2021? Well, I we put my ribbon in the sky. <laughs> okay. I don't yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does it feel like we know anything yet? Or no, we're still coming well, out I don't out really of it. know what there is to know. Right. I mean, there's do we know anything different than we had already anticipated or, you know, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to mine my brain and see if there's something else that that's why I'm know, asking. I might you, have missed. That's why I'm asking you, especially you've been to several talk. have been to a couple, but you, you, Brad, you also, you know, we make fun of you, but you have these dinners with industry people. I just wondered if there are any insights or any things that uh, we haven't talked about that feels like or is it uh maybe not i mean if it's not that's the right then that's a fine answer i just feel well i think i think c3 were really the only ones that were willing to put themselves out there and and you know stick with the festivals that they had um even if it felt tumultuous getting there i i don't think that at any moment aside from a couple of times at Lollapalooza, at any moment where i really thought that you know people were too invested in a COVID problem. Um, maybe I said that a little sloppy. I, I, it didn't feel as though COVID was a worry to the people who had walked into the grounds because at that point they were leaving that outside. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, they were, you know, you, you wait and wait and wait for these moments and then you're just going to, you know, beat yourself up worrying about COVID the entire time. Um, like for instance, we had our first parade in New Orleans this past weekend. It was the Halloween crew of Boo Parade. Uh, Normally a lighter attended parade. It's not a Mardi Gras parade. It's mostly for kids and families, but this was as if it was Mardi Gras. People's appetite was so, I mean, they were dying for some sort of, it feels like New Orleans again. So once we got in it, I don't think I even thought about COVID. This past weekend. And even though I was probably a little bit more, you know, I think COVID was a little bit more on my mind during 
the the festivals that I went to, you still lose yourself in these moments where it doesn't really even occur to you. Um, and it feels normal again. And, you know, you start looking around and, and you see some of the ones that were successful. I think that we could have, we could have probably done more. You know, I mean, I, you look back and yes, it, it's good the precautions that were taken and it's good that people didn't die and there, people were safe and we remained, you know, relatively healthy and the numbers are going down. But it did feel like, you know, the ones that did go forward handled it as best as, as you could have ever imagined. Well, and I think that's part of what made me think of it. And like, you know, reading the Shaking E's reviews earlier today, you know, a lot of them are, okay, they held the event in a different time of year and now they're ready to do it in the, you know, how they used to. And I guess that's what I'm thinking. It feels like we've, we've, you know, hit a, hit a, a turning point and mm-hmm. now everything as you were started to say, now let's start talking about lineup releases for 2022. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I feel like I hate to say it this way, but it feels like this thing is starting to dissipate. Right. Yep. And, um, you know, if my city is getting to a point where they're letting go of some of the mandates, they are becoming more free with, with parades and festivals and gatherings, um, then something's really starting to move. I mean, you guys have, you know, COVID didn't happen in Tennessee and and Chattanooga. (laughs) You guys have been in the wild West for a year and a half, but you know, here it's been pretty locked down. And the fact that it's starting to loosen up, if it's starting to loosen up here, then it feels like it's starting to loosen up everywhere. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, that was what I was asking. Yeah. All right. Um, I've got one other thing. Speaking of desert, speaking of Coachella, I really wanted to spend some time today talking about Dune uh, because I have got so many thoughts about this movie. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, well, uh, then we will pause that conversation because I really want to hear what, what Taco thinks about this movie because he's oh, such a I David Lynch wait. fan. He's such a David Lynch fan. This is not a David Lynch movie. I know, I know, I know, but I want to hear what you think about V. Versus the the David Lynch one. Well, have you read the book? Of course not. It's a book. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is there to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you well, read the book. I'm not reading 17 volumes of 800 page books. I'm not doing that. <laughs> the books would fill your bus. Taco, they're huge. I haven't read. I've only the read the first uh, four, and. Um, most of the ones after that were after Frank Herbert died, his son and a co-author tried to take it over and uh, they're not good. They're not good. Yeah. Okay. Stick with the original. Well, I think that my point was, I'd love to hear your takes. I've heard so many takes on every side of this and I I really want to see it. I really want to talk in five years to see. I know. I know. You're one of these Dune guys. I know. Yeah. I'm excited. I was looking forward. I've of it versus it. the David Lynch version. That's all. Well, and and expectations, but I think it's right. We probably shouldn't talk about it till you've seen it. No, cause... I don't want to. I don't want to soil anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm hopefully going this week. What do you mean it's... go this week to see the movie? Why would you go to see a movie? Yeah, but I know your technology. Technology. I, I, I want to see the IMAX. I don't have an IMAX screen in my house. I want to see oh, an IMAX. Okay. Yeah, yeah I see. Know. I watched it on the. 
HBO Max, like you okay. did, I guess, Brad, right? But they're showing it at IMAX theater here too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm I can't wait and see it at the IMAX. I can't say that I watched it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I fell you asleep in the twice in 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd love to talk about it. I can't wait. Well, I well, well, hold that conversation. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, I I'm glad to see you guys. I'm glad to uh, be back in it, and um, we'll uh, we'll chat about all things Dune next week. Uh, because honestly, it feels like its own music festival. You know, people are struggling. They're looking for you know spice. You know, there's a worm monster. You know, doesn't it feel like any other festival that you go to? Yeah. To me, it's the same thing. A lot of walking. Yeah, sure. So much a walking, of, a lot of, a lot dust. of brooding, <laughs> yeah. dust, Na- a lot naked, of drugs, naked teenage boys on the screen. Yeah. I don't uh... looking for liquids. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. What podcast? We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Consequence Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.